When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Twenty-three carries, 264 yards, four touchdowns, and one big win for Michigan State. Kenneth Walker runs all over the Northwestern Wildcats to get the Spartans off to a winning start in 2021. We break down the game and take a look ahead to the Spartans' home opener on episode 46 of M Live Spartan Confidential Podcast. Brandon Champion, Kyle Austin, and Matt Wenzel with you on my birthday, Tuesday, September 7th, 2021. Uh, nothing else I'd rather be doing than breaking down a Michigan State victory with you two. Uh, and we will get to that in a second. But Kyle, how's it going? Uh, give me something else that stuck out to you around the Big Ten in week one. Uh, well, it's going way better now that I know it's your birthday, Brandon. You know, I, I mean, I could go negative and say that Illinois losing to uh, losing at home to UTSA uh, shocked me a little bit. Um, but I mean, it's kind of status quo. Like, I, I think Minnesota had me thinking for a minute there that maybe they were going to, you know, take down the king. But Ohio State ended up looking like Ohio State always does. So, like, to me, it's still... It still looks like it's Ohio State and everybody else in this league, but uh, good for Penn State too, though. That that stuck out to me as well. Yeah. What about you, Matt? Well, first of all, happy birthday, obviously. Thank you. Um, and other than that, yeah, with with what Kyle said, the Ohio State game was you know something I actually got to watch, unlike the rest of the games for the most part. But um, yeah, Penn State, you know, going on the road, winning at Wisconsin that was big. Uh, Indiana getting hammered by Iowa. Oh yeah, that one. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I'm gonna might be eating it on the uh, on my uh, hype for Indiana going into the season, but uh, yeah, those those games kind of stood out. That's the one I was gonna say. Iowa just killed them. I mean, offensively, defensively. I mean, we've seen teams go into Kinnick and just get dismantled. It's like a house of horrors. I saw someone I can't remember who compare it to Mackey in the Big Ten for basketball is just like this place where teams go to die. Uh, because Iowa just seem, in front of those fans at Kinnick, they just seem to show out, but. Do you think it says more about Iowa or Indiana that game? I, I, I kind of wondered if Indiana was going to be a paper tiger this year. You know, a, a team that's just such a non-traditional one gets all the hype. I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's way easier to be the team nobody's expecting and then come out and do it as opposed to being the team that is ranked high and there's expectations on you. And that's never happened really before in program history. I think that's a tough place to be. So I, you know, I'm not going to say I predicted that, but you know, I did pick Iowa and I thought maybe that Indiana might not be able to live up to these expectations. Yeah. Maybe Iowa's just that team in the West this year. I, Who knows? I think I mean, they're the best team. I do think they're the best team in the West that I've seen so far very early on. 
Yeah. And also shout out to Rutgers. They put up 62 points on Temple. So we don't see Rutgers putting up points like that. <laughs> yeah, all the time, but they, so. they got they got Syracuse this week, though, man. Watch out for that. Oh, no. <laughs> Look out here. Are they going to play a 2-3 zone? <laughs> <laughs> they should. It'd be better than the defense they've been playing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shout out to Syracuse. They beat Ohio this weekend. But I know Kyle was thrilled about that. So, uh, But let's get to the Spartans, man. That's what we're here to talk about. Michigan State, uh, if you could please like, rate, interview the podcast podcast be very much appreciated hit us up on twitter with your questions um and check out our work at mlive.com slash spartans we would very much appreciate it michigan state played on friday night i was down in atlanta for a wedding all weekend uh big watch party like 40 people were there many of them michigan state grads there was even a couple northwestern grads in the house including the the uh, mother of the groom so we had to be nice to her but uh it was uh it was a good showing right right from the jump kenneth walker takes it 75 yards uh and it just sort of continued from there uh 511 total yards for michigan state including 326 rushing averaging over eight yards per play um really solid start for michigan state uh all around um so what are i mean obviously kenneth walker is going to stand out right matt (laughs) oh yeah i mean (laughs) you know all the all the the hype going in, in from the offseason with the teammates and the coaches talking about him. And it's not just that. When you walk, put on the film, you're like, all right, you know, from him at Wake Forest, you're like, you know, he's got something. Um, so I expected him, fully expected him to be the starter. <laughs> Did I expect him to run for, for, for more than 200 yards, 264 in the opener and four touchdowns? Hell no, I, I can't lie and say that. But, you know, quite an, an impressive performance by him. I think you saw things that we haven't seen from Michigan State's running in Michigan State's running game in a long time. Um, other than that, you know, not a surprise also that, that Thorne gets the start. You know, it was pretty much seemed like a toss-up with him and Russo, but they went with the guy who's got the extra year in the offense, maybe a little less turnover prone. And when you have a running back doing what, what Walker did on Friday, you don't have to do too much as a quarterback, obviously. And I, I still think Thorne showed some nice stuff. He looked patient for the most part, uh, some good throws. Offensive line looked a little bit better. Um I don't know that that you can give them. I don't know. I think it's probably more Walker than the offensive line as far as that success. Um, and other than that, it's like a lot of personnel things that that I that really stood out. I mean, I didn't expect them to do what they did with the rotation up up front with the offensive line, where they really went with nine guys until you know, with excluding when they went their backups for a minute there. Um, it was really nine guys that they rotated in defensively. They used 13 different defensive linemen. I mean, that was, I, <laughs> That's nuts. you know, I expected them to go to a little deep, but 13 <laughs> guys, geez, uh, linebacker, five guys. Um, and then, you know, you get Cal Halliday as a starter next to Crouch. I think we all expected Crouch to start, but thought when, when he was paired with Halliday during the open practice, uh, meet the Spartans thought, well, maybe they're, you know, they're just mixing guys in there, but no Halliday, he's, He's the guy. So um, then uh, let's see, secondary, you know, Ronald Williams, Kalen Gervin starters. Not again, not a surprise. Both of them got beat deep early. Williams got beat for a late touchdown, but they didn't go deep at defensive back. And I thought that we might see more guys like Kimbrough um, and some others out there. Um, and we really, we just didn't. So um, yeah, that's kind of some of the takeaways that I saw, uh, obviously an, impre- an impressive performance, but we'll see what Northwestern is up to this year, you know, as far as, how this win holds up down the road. Yeah, that's that's what I'm a little nervous about. I mean, Northwestern is always the 
you never really know, right, with them. Sometimes they rise up and they're like the, one of the best teams in the Big Ten West, and then other times they're, they're just they have these down years where it's sort of a transition year. I mean, obviously coming off the season they had last year, I think many expect Northwestern to at least be competitive this season. So, um, you know, I think we can be excited about the win to begin with. But, yeah, Peyton Thorne, 15 for 25, 185 and one score, QBR of 82.4. Uh, I thought he looked good. He didn't have to do a whole lot, like you said, um, but I thought that he took care of the ball, didn't make mistakes, um, made some nice plays uh, moving outside the pocket and uh, doing stuff like that. The thing that surprised me with the running game was, I mean, Kenneth Walker really was the workhorse. I mean, you had uh, Harold Joyner got three carries and he got hit hard late uh, and I, he was kind of down for a little bit. I don't know if we got an injury update from him. And then Jordan Simmons just with the five carries, no sign of Elijah Collins. Well, he, um, which was Collins played on special teams. So okay. you would think it wasn't an injury thing because he was out there working special teams. He just didn't get in the game in the backfield. So, yeah, I don't know what the deal is there. That's interesting. Um, I would have expected Did Joyner get banged up. That was late yeah. in the game, right? Yeah. yeah. He took that hit and he fumbled. Um, he, he got hit. Like he got like knocked his, out. Yeah. 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 I mean, he got hit. It looked like a leg. If I remember oh, the play, right. He got hit and it looked like he was already hurt like as far as his if it was his right leg i want to say and then he took that shot and yeah i mean as far as an injury update no mel did not provide one after the game nor <laughs> nor would he have if he was asked about it uh so uh you know we we know how mel doesn't want to talk about injuries so um yeah i don't know uh, i'm not sure what his status will be for this week we we are it is 10:45 on uh, tuesday morning mel tucker's press conference is at 12:30 today yeah, maybe we'll get an update. We'll see. Um, but overall, I mean, the re- from the receiving, <laughs> okay, we won't. Uh, but from, you know, Jaden Reed, Trey Mosley, Connor Hayward, Jalen Naylor, all involved in the passing game. Simmons, you know, catches the one pass for the touchdown, the screen. Uh, I thought the receivers looked good. Jaden Reed made a couple of contested catches, and Trey Mosley looked better than I expected him to, I thought. Yeah, those three, I thought those, that's what I thought would start. And again, this is another, that's another position they really didn't go deep at at all. Um, it was basically those three guys the whole night. I will say Connor Hayward deserves some credit. I thought he showed some real, some, some real impressive things in what he can do in that new H back tight end role. Uh, he had a, he had a good block on the first uh, touchdown run of the game uh, for Walker, the 75 yarder. And I believe it was the second touchdown Walker had the short one where Hayward blocked two guys. He had two different blocks on the same play. Looked good. Made a couple of uh, plays in the passing game. I think probably long overdue getting him into a role like this, but uh, definitely something that fits his skill set better than just lining up in the backfield and taking a handoff. So um, yeah, I like what I saw from him. Kyle, did you have anything that we hadn't touched on that you wanted to, or did you can even weigh in on anything really? Uh, just that I give a lot of credit to that coaching staff um, for how that team looked um, in, in week one, g- given, you know, the, uh, what we're getting at 41 total new players, 30 something yep. scholarship players, um, all the new faces. Um, obviously they got a talent upgrade, which I think, but I think that's only half the battle. You know, they got the new talent in there, but they, they figured out the right spots for guys, um, whether that's finally finding, I think, the right role for Connor Hayward. I think everyone's always thought that he's a guy who's a good football player and can contribute. But um, I think finally realizing, hey, running back's maybe not the best spot for him, finding a good spot for him, um, sorting through all these transfers, who's starting, uh, how deep you go in your reserve, just having that many guys ready to contribute and knowing their roles and doing it well. Uh, I thought they called a good game on both sides of the ball. Um, and just, you know, really impressed with, with that team that we put out there, because I, I think that 
I wouldn't have been surprised if it went a lot of different ways, given uh, how much change is undergone in this program in the offseason. But for them to look like that, I think is quite a credit to Mel Tucker and his staff. Yeah, I want to I want to throw Sorry, in something. No, I, what what Mel said in the press conference after the game, I thought was interesting too. You know, he talked about being proud of the team and, and yada yada, and a lot of the stuff he normally says. You know, complimentary football, playing the yada yada. But he there was a line he said, "I think everyone was interested to see if we could actually pull this off." Quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Me too. I thought that was about the most telling quote he had because he knew what the doubt was. And I think there was, there might've even been some internally, like, how is this really going to work? You know, when you bring in this many new players and, and kind of, and a lot of the transfers didn't join the, you know, where there were only five scholarship transfers that were, that came in January and were through spring practice. So the rest of these guys didn't get here till May or June. And, and yeah, I mean, that's, it's a lot to put together in, in a short amount of time, but um, it worked less on Friday night. So far, so good. Should we be concerned that Xavier Henderson, Angelo Gross, and Kalen Gervin with your were your three leading tacklers? I feel like it, that might, I feel like they were being very aggressive all night. I mean, coming up, there was a lot of secondary blitzes happening. Um, I think Henderson had a sack. Um, so. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be concerned with that for now. Henderson played a good game. I thought I thought he was yeah. pretty solid. Um, he was all over the place. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. If, you know, that's just. And does the Walter Camp Foundation watch football? <laughs> uh, because Bijan Robinson had 20 carries for 103 yards and a touchdown against Louisiana. Great, good game. Uh, they gave him the Offensive Player of the Week award. That was the chatter yesterday and on Sun. Uh, yeah, they, people were not happy about that, Matt, and well, I think I'm, rightfully so. I mean, I'm I'm not going to get too upset about it. It doesn't have anything to do with me. But yeah, I would say Kenneth Walker was probably the more deserving choice uh, in. in national offensive player of the week for his performance but that's the first I'm just, time I'm just, I'm just glad michigan state fans found something to be upset about after that performance yeah where they wouldn't be able to <laughs> that's a good point they're always going to find something to perpetuate the chip kyle come on you should know Some, someone was out there looking for disrespect and they yeah think. it's disrespect season in east lansing <laughs> come on if, you know this <laughs> if people were looking for uh somebody to be grumpy after that game you could have found a whole pack of them as in the sports writers that covered it for the way that whole thing worked out at northwestern but that's something that uh, nobody else cares about other than us uh, getting kicked out of the press box basically at two in the morning yeah uh, real well, real fun stuff when you come I back from, you come back from from press conference and the lights are all off and they threw away every like bunch of stuff like your flip mm. card and yeah and the shuttle that takes you two miles away to where you parked is the last one's apparently leaving in a very short amount of time. So yeah, it's great. Time. Well, wow. I enjoy the plight of the sports writer story, right? Writer stories, Matt. So uh, you can keep those coming. Sorry about that. But uh, it was a good night for, uh, for all the other Spartans who weren't working, obviously a good way to start the year with a big 10 win on the road against what we think is a quality team, but uh, you know, a lot of work to do, but it was a good start for the Spartans. Um, so let's like, let's briefly take a quick look ahead to Youngstown state, uh, who they play this weekend in the home opener. Um, you know, they're, they're an FCS team. I'm looking at my preview mag and online here. It doesn't look like they're considered really a top 25, uh, team, but in the FCS level, but they are one and oh, they beat incarnate word, uh, in overtime 44, 41, uh, in this week one. And it looks like 
heavy, heavy rushing attack here. Uh, Jaleel McLaughlin, 29 carries, 242 yards and two touchdowns. The quarterback, Demetri Crenshaw, 20 carries for 81 yards, and Christian Turner had 12 for 28, just 112 yards passing. Uh, so it looks like a really run-heavy team. I don't know if it just had to do with incarnate word. I'm not going to pretend to be uh, an expert on FCS football. Um, but looks like the Spartans are, are going to have to prepare for a heavy run attack uh, coming up here against Youngstown. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I can't, I'm not going to lie and say I've got a big, I know a lot about Youngstown State right now. I was going to get into them more today. Actually yeah, put on it, it is Tuesday, so it's a few days. Yeah, away. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, let's just be honest. When you look at the schedule going into the season, this is the easiest game on it, at least it appears to be. So that being said, <laughs> uh, you know what, you know what happened, what can happen? I think we, we saw, um, was it Montana beating Washington? Um, so yeah, the upsets are out there. They happen. Um, but this is, uh, I'd be surprised if this one happens. Uh, So FCS, you know, FCS played the spring, so they're they're in their second, um, second season of the calendar year. Uh, Youngstown state went one and six in their, in their spring schedule, February through April. So not only they're a little beat up, but they didn't look too good in the spring, um, playing all FCS opponents. And then, yeah, yeah, you know, you give up 41 uh, when you're opener. I think Michigan State's offense might be able to get moving a little bit in this one. <laughs> so this is the third time since 2011 Michigan State has played Youngstown State. Uh, played them in 2011, 2013, won handily both times. Last time was the 55-17. I believe that was a Friday night opener. If I remember correctly, uh, Youngstown State Penguins. Why are they playing Youngstown State too much? Was this a Mark D'Antonio thing? Because he was a D coordinator there in like the, the late 80s or early 90s. Is that why and, they got all these games against them on the schedule? And, and he loves their school president, maybe? Uh, one, oh. Mr. J- Jim, Jim Trestle, if you remember that oh, one. Is he still there? Oh, yeah, he's still there. I think I think D'Antonio just went on a visit. Didn't he post a photo, uh, Matt, from uh, from Youngstown State? I believe so. That yeah, sounds so. about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did. He was uh, in the uh, summer all, tour. And yeah. it wasn't cropped, which somebody needs to show Coach Mark D'Antonio how to crop his photos. We don't need to see your battery life in each of your uh, photos <laughs> you're putting on Twitter. Like, somebody help the guy out. He's got daughters. Come on. Like, can they show him how to crop a dang photo for crying out loud? He doesn't have that social media department anymore at his his disposal. I think that's obvious. I don't think he knew he had a social media (laughs) department, Kyle. (laughs) So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I was looking for a line. I'm not even sure they've all been set yet. I see one around 20, which I thought would be higher. I I found, I found 18 this morning, which I thought was surprisingly low. I mean, if you, I'm, no, no plan to tell you how to bet, but if you can get Michigan uh, state uh, at 18 there, uh, that's a pretty low line, I think. Yeah, that seems low, but maybe it'll mm-hmm. expand more as the week goes on. I mean, like I said, it's only Tuesday here. They, you guys haven't even talked to Mel yet. Um, so I'm sure he's going to give us a bunch of rabble about, you know, respecting your opponent and not taking anyone lightly, as they should. That's the, that's the uh, mindset you should have going into any game because, um, you know, crazier things have happened. So, uh, But the game's at noon. It's the home opener. Uh, I believe it's on Big Ten Network. So, um, you know, not the most marquee opponent for the Big Ten opener, but Michigan State. As we've discussed, the start of the schedule is uh, somewhat favorable and getting picking up that Northwestern win to start the year is something that's going to be helpful, I think, moving forward, um, you know, especially for those of us that picked them uh, to have a winning record, uh, which is uh, two out of the three of us. So uh, a win oh, for me and Matt to start the year. <laughs> I'm, I'm, sh- I'm shocked you decided to bring that up. I'm <laughs> hey, it was a big swing game. We talked about it. So, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, that'll do it. Anything else on the game or Youngstown that you guys wanted to mention? 
Uh, if you were curious, the contract for this game to be played was signed in October 2017 by Mark Hollis. So, yes, this was obviously still during the D'Antonio era in which this game was agreed to. So that's All right. what I've got to contribute. There you go. Uh, and they are the Penguins, which happens to be my favorite animal. So, and Bo, you know. Bo Pelini is no longer their coach, if you still thought it. <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh just just to uh move forward here and end the podcast uh kyle and uh was it just you kyle or did you both sit down with alan uh just me matt was in route to chicago uh, uh yes he was covering the football team that opened its season yeah uh so matt or kyle got to sit down with the new ad alan haller uh, which obviously was something that uh you know we're glad we're glad about uh and sounds like we got some good uh sort of good nuggets about maybe things that could change for the fan experience or Saturday game days, which I know a lot of fans have been clamoring for some specific changes. I don't know if you got into specifics, but I uh, just thought at the end of the show here would be a good idea to sort of talk about some of the highlights of your conversation. Yeah. Um, he definitely got a lot of changes in mind and, and he didn't want to share those last week because he hasn't presented them to President Sam Stanley yet. But it sounds like they're coming soon, potentially this week, is at least announcing them. And um, he seems very in tune to the fact that there are fans who are not currently th- super thrilled with the game day experience. Um, um, so uh, take that what you will, but it sounds like they're going to take a really hard look at um, how they can make that better for fans. You know, he talked about uh, he loves Disney and, and Disney parks. And he said, you know, you go there, you know, you don't worry about price of a ticket because everything is done so well. It's such a great experience um, that, that you kind of forget about everything else. And that, that's kind of his goal for, for a Michigan State game. So um, what that means, hopefully we find out soon. But he, he said it's going to be significant. He said he plans on some shakeups. Um, and so maybe some stuff we we haven't seen under previous um athletic directors uh so that was interesting uh got into two uh some ticketing he thinks there's there's um there's a few more ways to sell tickets you know he talked about you know if you're if you're a fan maybe you don't want to go in for the full season tickets but you want to go to more than one game or two he talked about maybe half season packages or combination maybe a handful of football games handful of basketball games uh things like that sounds like if you're if you're in the market for tickets um there's going to be some maybe some more packages at your disposal um at, at the less than season ticket um a level um and then third was was talking about football scheduling I, you know i had asked him you know kind of where he sees things going as far as realignment and this alliance and everything if you're following the big picture news in college football um, and, and he said he sees a lot more unique sorts of games happening in college football that we haven't seen before. He brought up, you know, maybe playing non-conference games right in the middle of the conference season and playing an ACC opponent um, uh, in the middle of Big Ten play at a neutral site um, and stuff like that. So um, he said he could see more of that happening um, in the future. And he said he sees he does. It, he made an interesting comment about uh, these buy games, like the one we've just been talking about, Youngstown State, which, um, you know, the, the price tag for Michigan State when you bring a team in like that has gone way up. I mean, it's in the neighborhood of a million and a half dollars to, to bring in a team to beat them these days. Um, and he said he doesn't think that's sustainable. So does that mean more, you know, power five opponents, you know, on the schedule going forward? Maybe. Um, or maybe he's just trying to save a little money here or there, but. Um, certainly sounds like the way we've seen college football schedules typically done in the last handful of years, he thinks is going to be changing and, and changing pretty quickly. I mean, people roll their eyes at schedules because a lot of them are done out, you know, 
a decade and a half in advance, but he's, he <laughs> seems to think some changes are going to be coming sooner than that and maybe some changes to existing schedules as they are. So, um, you know, a lot of stuff we talked about, but as far as, you know, stuff that I think would be of interest to fans and soon, um, those are kind of the bullet points. And, and he's certainly a guy that he, he's been thinking about getting this job for a while. Not that he was, you know, trying to unseat anybody or, 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 or anything like that, but he certainly has a lot of ideas and has a lot of enthusiasm. And I think you're going to see some pretty noticeable changes in Michigan State Athletics coming pretty quickly here. The real question that everybody wants to know, Will Thunderstruck still be your intro oh. song? At <laughs> well, if you're talking about major changes, that would be a major one. Um, I'm not sure you you touch something as, as sacred as that. I thought you were going to ask if they were going to serve booze at Spartan Stadium. I've actually that's what want, everyone wants to know. I've wondered about that because that, if you talk about big changes, that is a big one. Uh, it's something that was never going to happen to Mark Hollis. He was vehemently against it. But you look around college athletics – it's happening a lot more at a lot of places. Um, and if you're talking about making major changes to the game day experience, that's something that wouldn't shock me. Don't have any inside info on it right now, but that's, that's where my, my mind went to Brandon when he was talking about that. Yeah. I mean, for a while there, it seemed like the big 10 had like this common thread where they're like, Oh, you're on campus. We can't sell booze. It, you know, it's a bad look. Um, but we've seen some teams, you know, cave, obviously there's teams that play in pro stadiums that already have been doing it for a long time. So uh, you know, it's been something that's been discussed. I get the pros and cons against it, um, but I think the pros would outweigh the cons because I think, you know, a lot of the students, for one, they're not old enough to go up to a concession stand and buy beer. Um, so I guess you could have your senior friends, you know, go get some and bring it back to you. And there would probably be a lot of hoops they'd have to figure out and jump through. But I think a lot of the fans would enjoy being able to just, you know, have a beer or two while watching the game so <laughs> I, i've always thought that practically it, it's almost like prohibition you know like um <laughs> if you technically outlaw a people are just going to sneak it in um right. and you're not going to make money off of it then or b people are going to load up as much as they can at the tailgate and you're going to be right. drunker at the tailgate um trying to make it you know make it last and that's just and it never lasts more by the way right. i can yeah. speak from experience that you can be <laughs> as drunk as you want before the game by halftime you are going to be sober like it's happening <laughs> i'm shocked that you're an expert at this brandon but yeah i'd be i'd be i'd be curious how how schools that have gone you know from not, not allowing it to allowing it what they've experienced because my i i wonder if it's not as disruptive as people think um, yeah. as it would be. And you make money. So, and everyone's looking to make a little more money right now. Because the college kids are already drinking anyways. I, I don't think it's not like, <laughs> and honestly, they're not going to pay in stadium prices for beers. Right. You know? Yeah. I don't think it would have any effect on the students whatsoever. Right. So really who you're hurting is, you know, the, the responsible adults in the crowd or the right. people who want to have a couple beers. The game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I've seen a whole lot of those. Bro, <laughs> use that term a little loosely now, aren't we? I'm trying to stick up for my people in the crowd, guys. Come on, let's go. You got to support our listeners here. Uh, yeah, but okay. Anything else about Alan? Uh, no, um, you know, he's getting introduced uh, Tuesday afternoon at the official press conference and uh, might be hearing some some more stuff soon. So stay stay tuned. Yeah, we saw Alan outside of the locker room uh, at Northwestern on Friday night, and he was presented with a jersey with 20 and his name on it and 20 being the 20th athletic director. So, uh, look, it was a pretty good scene for him. It was pretty neat for him and, uh, you know, being new on the job and going on the road and getting the win and getting to celebrate with the team. 
Did he participate in the post-game uh, dance with Mel? And I don't believe so. I didn't see. I was coming by and saw Alan outside the locker room and the players, and he had the jersey and chatted with him briefly, and then I headed off to uh, the broom closet where the post-game media availability was. <laughs> Uh, 20 is a great football number, though. It's a good one to have, especially in this state. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that'll do it for today's episode of the Spartan Confidential Podcast. We appreciate everyone for listening. Glad it was a victory episode, unlike our first one last year where we had to talk about seven turnovers in an empty Spartan stadium and a loss to Rutgers. It was nice to really all across the country to see the games back in action. We had like six days in a row of college football. We got the NFL starting Thursday. So, uh, you know, football's back. It's September football season's here. It's going to be awesome. Uh, college game day heading to Iowa, Iowa state this weekend. So that'll be a fun one to watch, but, uh, got Oregon, Oregon, Ohio state at the same time as Michigan state, Youngstown state, unfortunately. So I uh, won't get a glimpse too much of that one until after, but, uh, it was fun to have football back, and it started great for the Michigan State Spartans right from literally the first play of the season. Uh, hopefully we see more of that against the Youngstown State Penguins and moving forward. So uh, that'll be it for now. Matt and Kyle will be, uh, you know, like like they mentioned, press conferences coming up later today, so there'll probably be some news, more news trickling out. Uh, if something big happens, maybe we'll pop back on here at some point this week. Um, but until then, we appreciate you for listening. And for Kyle Austin and Matt Wenzel, I'm Brandon Champion. Thank you for listening to my Spartan Confidential Podcast. We'll talk to you next time. And go green.